Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how's it going? Metcalf, doing awesome. The NBA is back. We're recording this right before opening night, baby. It, it feels glorious. What a time. Um, Boston Celtics, chase for 18. You know, I'm in high spirits right now. How about yourself, Metcalf? You got T-Wolves going on tomorrow night. Just a lot of love in the air right now. I, I am just ecstatic for actual basketball to be back. We can stop clipping pro-am games and, yes. you know, act, reacting like these NBA guys are God's gift to the world when they're dominating non-NBA guys. Um, you know, the, the empty gym workout season is over. Thank God. Um, we can finally stop hearing about the backup center who's dra- or nailing 35 out of his 40 corner threes and isn't going to take a single three until January. So I'm I'm very pumped about that. Just real basketball, real rotations, meaningful games. Just, I needed it. I needed it. Needed it so bad. Um, you know, like we got no ceiling starting next week. We're, we're officially opening the floodgates. We're very excited about that. But just having, waking up this morning and being like, there's NBA basketball on tonight. It means something. There's, you know, we're not getting the 10th guy in the rotation playing 18 or 20 minutes a game in preseason. Like now it's like, okay, buckle down the hatches, time to go to war. Um, And that also gets just you excited as a draft evaluator because we get to watch the rookies now that we just spent the whole year scouting and we get to see some excitement and see if their play from summer league goes over to preseason. It looked like a lot of guys shine in preseason, you know, Benedict Master and Paul Bencaro. Now let's see what you guys can do when the games matter. You know, let's, let's see what you got over the course of 82 games. So very excited for the NBA season, a lot of excitement, but Oh boy, am I ready for draft season, baby? Like I am ready to roll. It is time. Yeah. So uh, obviously your Celtics are playing here in about an hour. Um, Quick disclaimer on the rookies, uh, just because they don't look like a Hall of Famer in their first five games or first 82 games doesn't mean they're a bust. So, you know, let, let's have the long view with this. I can already tell I'm going to be annoyed within the next week. Exciting stuff. But expectations for your Celtics. Well, how is opening night going to go? And is it going to be a precursor for the rest of the season? Where where, where are your nerves at? Where are your expectations at? What's the season going to be? I feel pretty good about them. Um, you know, obviously the Udoka stuff got a lot of spotlight uh, throughout the offseason, which that story just hearing from behind the scenes is wild. Um, I think they're going to be good. I, I watched a little bit of them in the preseason. I like their mentality. They look pissed off. And so I got some high hopes going into the game tonight. Obviously, Philly's going to be excited to send a message as well. They had a great offseason, but, you know, Brogdon, I, I hope he can stay healthy this year because you can already see what he brings to the Celtics. Derek White looked fantastic in preseason. It looks like he had an off season of understanding like, okay, what's my, where do I need to be, you know, specializing? And it seems like they made an emphasis with him of like Tatum and Brown are going to be on the drive and you're going to be wide open in the corner. And, and he's just splashing away. His shot looks great. We'll see tonight. You know, they'll probably shoot 20% now that I'm saying that. And I'll probably just, you know, be pulling my hair out in the living room. But 
really excited. I think the defense with Brogdon on the court in the preseason was like, my goodness. So we'll see, um, you know, with, without Udoka, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when the Celtics are in those close games, you know, when they have some adversity throughout the year, because every team does, every good team does. So I'm, I'm very excited. I think they're going to be a tough team again, but every team got better. The Western Conference is a juggernaut. It is going to be a bar fight. The Eastern Conference, you know, has some pissed off teams. Milwaukee's going to be foaming at the mouth after a quick early exit, if you want to put it that last year. So I'm really excited to see what we got in the upcoming season. There's a lot of storylines to monitor. There's a lot of drama and excitement. What about you, Metcalf? Let's Let's get you some Timberwolves thoughts before we dive into prospects oh, because people like some NBA talk too. Um, talk to me about Towns. Is he going to be yeah. all right? Because he's had some health stuff, um, lost some weight, yeah. but you know, the immune mean, system I'm, is rough. I just need. Can we give him a break? I mean, he, like, I feel like he just had the just brutal run. So um, I know everyone was making like I think I saw a tweet today. Everyone was talking about like. Anthony Edwards and him are in the same weight right now. And I was like, well, yeah, Ant-Man's bulking up, baby. But yeah, I think Towns going to be fine. Obviously, we're we're not trying to joke about health, but um, I, I'm excited for that Timberwolves team. I, I really am to see what they're going to look like when when all the forces are rolling. Yeah, and it the, the new look defense is going to be really interesting, and it's going to be rough early because these guys haven't played together they played one game and it was against the Brooklyn Nets who have you know it's just a really rough matchup because KD and Kyrie are two of the best mid-range shooters ever and that's what the whole defense is kind of geared towards and then they're also small and they you know kind of want to get out and run and they have a bunch of versatility so it was a poor matchup and you know obviously there was that one clip of Towns kind of chasing around the perimeter and everyone clowning him for it but he didn't really do anything wrong there the weak side you know, defense didn't help with the the tag at all. So there it's they're gonna be learning curves. There are gonna be some habits that Towns is, you know, ingrained because he's always been the five and he's had to collapse to the rim and collapse to the paint. And now he's gonna be more on the perimeter. So it's gonna be a learning curve for everyone involved. Um but you know, I think they're gonna win a ton of regular season games. We'll see what it looks like in the playoffs. Um but and I think expectations for them should be the four seed. Um I, I think they have that much talent, how quickly they can all kind of figure it out and gel and learn each other's tendencies and, you know, playing alongside each other. It, it'll be interesting. They have a super easy first 10 games. They should go seven and three, at least. Um, they start out with the Thunder who don't have a uh, front court, basically. So they should dominate the glass. Um, you know, very few offensive rebounds given up. Hopefully, We'll see. It'll be interesting, but I'm just very excited to see it. It's probably the most talented Timberwolves team ever. So fun stuff. Yeah. I'm the first week in the NBA is always like, you know, proceed with caution because teams are trying to get the chemistry down on the fly. And it's all of a sudden the veteran teams that were kind of coasting through preseason. It's like now, okay, it means something. And the young teams are playing their butts off to start the gate, you know, start right out of the gate. Like a couple of years ago, I think the Magic started out the season just red hot, and people were like, what the heck? And then all of a sudden, you know, reality kicked in. So um, I know our Thunder faithful will be foaming at the mouse listening to you. They were probably like, Metcalf, tread with, you know, who, be careful. Who, uh, Poku is the biggest guy on that team right now. 
I I didn't say that. Well, you know, if, if Shea's playing opening night, you know, he might give D'Lo a little bit of run. So we'll see. Hey, that's that's a topic for another day. But yeah, I'm excited. The NBA's back. I, I think it's a glorious, glorious time of the year. I cannot be more excited the the fact that we have NBA games on for pretty much the foreseeable future. It feels feels incredible. Yeah. Well, enough NBA talk. Enough. We are here to talk about the draft and yes. prospects and yes. another conference preview with the Pac-12. Um, before we jump into that, just a quick, you know, housekeeping announcement. Um, if In case listeners or viewers didn't see it on Twitter or our other socials, um, we are going full bore daily next week, uh, October 24th. Um, our preseason draft guide will be dropping on the 24th. We have new merchandise dropping on the 24th. All of that can be found through the store link at noceilingsnba.com or at noceilingsnba.bigcartel.com. Either way you want to get there, we'll take you to the same spot. Uh, so make sure to check that stuff out. Um, and then with the new pod schedule, uh, we will be, or Rucker and I will be publishing every Friday. So you will be hearing us once a week, Friday morning. Great way to start off your weekend. We'll be kind of focusing on recapping the week's games, previewing the weekend, and, you know, just everything that's happened and, you know, previewing what's going to happen going from there. So really exciting stuff. But we're here to talk about the Pac-12. When we talked about the Big Ten, I selfishly started out with Michigan. So I, I figured I'd be generous here and and throw you a bone and lead it off with the 17th ranked Arizona Wildcats. Rucker, Arizona obviously had three guys go in the first round, I believe, maybe two and then one early second uh, last year. And Christian Cloco, Benedict Matherin, Dalen Terry. So a lot of talent leaving. What are expectations with the Arizona Wildcats? Yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, this team's still got a lot of talent, a lot of depth, but they are going to, I, I should have started it off this way, bear down, first of all, but this Wildcats team's got a lot of interesting pieces, but I, I don't know who's going to be the guy. Um, they, they have some some transfers coming over that are going to be feisty. Courtney Ramey's probably going to be great, a little feisty guard on the wings. And they got a lot of guys that were kind of complimentary pieces last year, but someone's going to have to step up. Someone's going to have to be the, you know, who's, who's taking the shot down the final stretch, who's going to elevate their game. And, and I do like a lot of pieces on this roster. I also think they got some really good talent developing that maybe this year, they're not really heating up as NBA draft prospects, but next year it might be like, Whoa, we're going into the preseason, like circling their names. So Interesting roster. Tommy Lloyd's put together some fascinating talent that I still think are going to be really important to evaluate and scout this year. Although they might not be potential one and done guys, they could be returners that we are foaming at the mouth for U of A. And, and, you know, Tommy Lloyd's going to recruit his butt off again. So you talk about some of these guys taking some strides forward and then all of a sudden getting another strong incoming class, Arizona could be, you know, onto something special, but I, I really do like some, some names on this roster. So you tell me Metcalf, where do you want to start? Who's, who's getting your intrigue? Who are you want to talk about? Yeah. And I, I think the two best or most likely options for guys to really step up and take advantage of that kind of missing hole in usage and leadership and, you know, production are Azulis Tubelis and Pella Larson. Um, so out of those two, uh, which one do you think kind of fits the NBA projection a little 
better? And which one are you kind of more excited about? Well, yeah, I really, really like Tabellis, but let's start with Pella Larson because I think that's kind of my wild card for this U of A team. Um, last year, I thought he was one of the more underrated guys on that roster. Um, he, he, he's just really smart. He plays tough. Can He can defend. Kind of one of those guys that understood his role and didn't, you know, he, he played unselfish. I thought he was great at making the extra pass, understanding the situation. And he's probably the one guy that I think everyone's going to look at to be like, this could be the the more aggressive part. It could be his time to kind of take the the next step. Um, I, I got the chance to watch the red versus blue game, which is always their inner squad scrimmage that draws a lot of fans. And he was very aggressive, very, very aggressive at getting his shots. He looked great. He, he looked outstanding, but it's, it's one thing to do that in that game and the course of a season. Now, I don't know if, you know, he's around 6'5". He doesn't look it. He looks bigger. I wish he was around 6'7". Then we could have some interesting conversations about like a 3 and D type of player. But I think he could be this with a strong year, maybe the second round guy that you're kind of throwing as a little bit of like a sleeper that just could be a really nice rotation piece to develop because he's one of those that makes an impact without filling up the box scores. I think he just does a really good job on the core of, of making intelligent basketball plays. What about you? Are you, are you buying? I think you're a little cold on the Pella Larson train or am I wrong? Not, not cold. Just want to see it in a bigger role. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I, I I'm intrigued, but that, that step up from, you know, bench role player to starter and big time contributor, that's a big leap and not all players are able to make that. And a lot of times some players are just more productive in that kind of smaller role playing, you know, position where they're the seventh guy in a rotation and that's where their effective minutes are where you know they're awesome in 12 to 15 minutes but when you extrapolate that out to 35 you know their effectiveness kind of plummets so I'm just really intrigued to see kind of what role he takes because he wasn't really asked to do much of anything other than some of the dirty work last year and you know knock down an open shot every now and then so it I mean I'm kind of assuming that he's going to be starting at the two and that's big shoes to fill and just how he kind of adapts to that and welcomes on that pressure and that responsibility, I think is going to be really fascinating going forward. Because I, when you talk about him doing the little things and the hustle plays and kind of being one of those glue guys, I see that, but can he be more, can he be a go-to shooter? I don't need him being Benedict Matherin per se, but can he be a, you know, find, find the middle ground between the two. Yeah, I mean, he averaged 8.2 points per game his freshman year in 26 minutes. Last year in 20 minutes, he averaged 7.2, but shooting splits of 47, 36, 81. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking about a guy that if he's going to be the guy, he needs to take a big leap. I mean, he yeah. needs to be, if he's going to try to become an NBA draft prospect that scouts are going to get smitten on, he needs to be double-figure points and, you know, probably shooting 40, 40, 80 uh, at least. So. I'm like you. I think there's a really good basketball player with Pella Larson. He, I love watching him just because I feel like he's just a grinder. He, he, he's a gamer, but can he do it in a more expanded role? We're going to mm-hmm. find out because U of A is going to be tough. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Tommy Lloyd starts him at the three and maybe they do a little small lineup with Creesa at the point and um, Courtney Ramey at the two. I don't We'll see, but 
Um, he's good and they need offense and he's going to ha- probably be one of the options to, to help carry the load. Well, one of their most more prominent offensive options is Azulis Kubelis, who's just this really skilled power forward um, who's kind of shown over the years, just a developing variety of ways to score, but the shot hasn't felt super consistent. The defense hasn't felt super consistent. Um, Christian Coloco cleaned, it felt like Christian Coloco cleaned up a lot of his kind of defensive woes last year. Um, how, how are you kind of anticipating his overall role impact uh, defensive ability? What, where are you at with Tabellus? I, I just have such high hopes for him because I think this is a guy that could really stick at the NBA level, but he needs that next step. And, you know, he played in alongside Coloco last year. They were fantastic together. Um, Tabellus averaged 13.9 points, 6.2 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 54% from the field. I, if he could just showcase that outside shot and I'm talking even mid range, that is a different type of monster. Um, the, the red blue game I talked about, I watched, it was ugly. Like it was a low scoring game. They they were both teams were shooting low from the field and Tabellas looked like he was pushing a little bit, like just kind of stressing, trying to force passes. And he has some beautiful playmaking ability. He has mm-hmm. great vision and he has some sneaky athleticism. He had a tough tournament. Like uh, I think one of his final games, he just really, really struggled. And it was kind of like, Oh boy, you, you need a big off season. So if Tabellas is another guy, that they're probably going to try to lean on to be an offensive force. And and I like his game a lot, but that mid range, if he could just showcase an improved shot from outside that opens an entire can of worms. Like he could just all of yeah. a sudden really be cemented as a kind of like a dark horse in this draft class. Do you agree or? Yeah. And I think it'll be big for him. Cause I, I'm assuming they'll, probably be playing him at four for most of the season it, that kind of seems to be their tendency they I feel like they don't really go small much if ever and Umar Balo you know he came with Tommy Lloyd from Gonzaga and he got big minutes last year so I'd imagine that he kind of just slides into that starting center role and if you have two kind of non-shooters it just clogs things up and you know if he's able to stretch it out that just immediately makes their overall spacing and offensive effectiveness so much more impressive and, you know, feasible. And, you know, it, it just allows projecting him to the NBA in a much more reasonable fashion. So I, I think it's big for him unless they start playing him at the small ball five and he can operate a little more in the post like we've seen Drew Timmy do. Completely agree. Uh, you know, you mentioned Umar Bala. Like, that's a that's another dark horse. I don't want to say the whole Arizona Wildcats team is dark horse, but I really, really like Bala. I think he's going to be an energetic big that everyone needs to kind of pay some attention to. He just yeah, – he looked really, really good in that game I watched, and he showed some flashes last year. I think he's going to have an extended role. So another guy I want to keep a close eye on. Yeah, well – Arizona also has a couple of really highly touted incoming freshmen and Kylan Boswell, uh, point guard and um, apologies if I completely butchered this name, there'll probably be a few throughout this episode. Uh, Henry Visar, um, two very different players. Uh, 
looking up the height right here. Uh, Vissar is seven feet, a seven footer, 200 pounds uh, from Estonia, played with Real Madrid's uh, U18 team over the summer. And Kylan Boswell is a 6'2", 195 pound point guard. So what should expectations be with those two guys? So Boswell's the one that got a lot of buzz when it, when it was said that he was, you know, coming to Arizona, got recruited. Um, and then he shook things up when he reclassified um, to join U of A early. Um, he's got a injury. He had an injury that he's supposed to miss probably a good chunk of the season. So, but he's still 17. Um, that's what I'm talking about early in this episode where I'm talking like this this whole episode, we're going to have a lot of guys that might not be coming out this year, but you want to circle their name for potential breakout second years or, you know, just returners. And Boswell, I really like his game. I'm intrigued um, watching his tape. He's very smooth. Like he can do some special stuff on the court, but this U of A team has just got a stacks backcourt. They got a lot of, a lot of pieces. So that's why I was kind of surprised when he reclassified. Henry's interesting. Henry's, yeah. Very, very interesting. Um, big man out of Estonia, very skilled. I love his upside. He showed some flashes in that red blue game. He also showed some rawness. Like he yeah. showed, like, okay, the game's fast. And I think I even read a comment where he's like, I just need things to slow down, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But that would be probably the big name I would circle because he looks like he's got the ability to really stretch the floor. And he's got some playmaking that is like, whoa. So, um, you know, our, our boy Evan at, at No Ceilings even, I think, is hot on that trail. And this, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know if he's consistently going to get minutes, but those yeah. are the guys all of a sudden that are in the rotation getting limited minutes and just the light comes on and it's like, you got to play him. You have to play him. You have to put him on the court. And I think he's got some serious upside with that team. Did you like Vassar or what? I feel like you tweeted something, Metcalf. Come on. Yeah. Stop I, hiding out on me. I, I really like the defense. Um, Obviously, there are a couple lapses where, you know, he would reach or something or a guy would attack his high foot and just blow past him. It's like, ew, not ideal. But for the most part, I thought he moved his feet really well, played physical, uh, good weak side shot blocker. It, I, I know the intrigue with him is going to be his ability to potentially stretch the floor. But I was like, I think this dude's highest upside is on the defensive end and what he can do switching on the perimeter, rotating from the weak side, moving his feet, being a multi multi-positional defender. I was like, holy crap, this dude competes on that end of the floor. And I absolutely love that. And you know, the, the stereotypes that go with, you know, those types of European players, I wasn't expecting that. So I was like, Oh, this is not only a pleasant surprise, but this is, I think, think his kind of best skill right now yeah he's he's the one you got to keep an eye on um you know seven footers with that much skill obviously he's from estonia but he was playing with real madrid they Mm -hmm. do a great job developing we know that um during the 21 22 season he averaged 10 points in 23 minutes while shooting 67 percent from the field and 35 percent from three while also averaging four rebounds a game. He just quickly stands out when you're watching him because he, he's got a little bit of a funky shot, would you say? Is yeah, that a it's, way he's, he's a little like hunched over and he has like a really wide base where, where like his feet are like outside his shoulders. So like I, I think the 
you know, the release, the touch, I think all of that's kind of promising, but I, I, I need him a little more upright and narrow that base a bit. Yeah. And I don't know if it's going to be just like the upper body needs to fill out, but it's almost a little like looks robotic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's got a beautiful touch. He's got some skill around the basket. Really, really like his upside. I think it's just one of those guys. He just needs reps. And, you know, we just talked about Christian Coloco, who, you know, took a while to get his groove at Arizona. You know, the first year he was barely playing. Second year, rotation guy. Third year, just, woof, blossomed. Mm -hmm. So we don't know if Arizona's going to have any freshman one and dones but they got some talent you know they're waiting to develop it's gonna be interesting okay um before we move on i want to throw a hot take at you and see you know just how you react so kylan boswell i think he's on par defensively with case wallace wow okay whoa that highly i i thought his anticipation his footwork his strength his the speed of his hands i was like i was floored watching him as their point of attack defender is there yeah i mean that's the guy that everyone's buzzing about as you know the injury was a buzzkill and they're gonna have a deep rotation but that's the one i think they got him to reclassify and it's like oh that might be a sophomore guy that we're all circling as like a a mock draft comes out and has him 28th. And then all of a sudden we're two months into the season and it's like Boswell is in the lottery now. <laughs> it's just like, cause he's six one, but he looks stocky. Yeah. He's thick. He, he's thick. And it's not a bad thick. It's like, he's, no, just, he's tough. just a tree stump. He's just yeah. strong. And I thought he was smooth and he's got a good shot. So now I need to watch the defense. Thanks Metcalf. See what you do. So, I mean, this is ridiculous that you do this to me because I'm going to be watching the Celtics tonight. And I'm going to be like, damn, I got to watch Boswell's defense later. Like, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Um, any, anybody else? That's a good hot take. I like that. And you know how I feel about Casey Wallace. Shout out Kentucky. Um, I, I think the last name to kind of make note of is Kirk Risa. Yeah. We think any NBA upside there or just one of the, 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 the great college basketball villains. He's such a good villain. I mean, Carissa will have a chance to get a cup of coffee if that outside shot can become consistent this year arizona needs someone to step up and if if he could be the guy and prove that then awesome he's just awesome and as a college villain he's so much fun and if if anyone listening you don't watch arizona close because i know they're the pac-12 they're always on late i get it trust me i hate it too sometimes but watch arizona this year crease is such a good Pest. He, he's, he's the Patrick shit, Beverly of college. In the most oh. enduring way possible. <laughs> oh, he is he is the international Patrick Beverly of college basketball right now. He I mean, he that dude, he got a rebound last year in a game to get his triple double and like while grabbing it, just like let out a fist pump. And it was just like the most obnoxious thing ever. I was like, this dude is so wild. <laughs> and I've heard behind the scenes, he's a great kid. He's just, but he's just a wild. And I, I think it's one of those classic, you'd love for him to be your teammate, but you hate him if you're playing against him. And, you know, that's what you also need to do if you're going to be a good guard in the Pac-12 and you have your physical limitations. You got to you gotta make a way to stand out. And Crease is a villain. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He needs to be a villain in a Batman movie coming up. All right. Moving on to the number eight ranked UCLA Bruins. Um, 
fascinating team as always uh mainly because we never know what mccronin's gonna do to us as you know in terms of draft evaluators shout out peyton watson we still love you um i where do you want to start with this team talk to me about dylan andrews you wrote some names down and i want to hear your thoughts so talk to me about dylan andrews yeah he's really intriguing i don't think he's going to be a one and done guy that that would surprise me i kind of got some turquavion smith vibes with him not quite as explosive or you know dynamic as a shooter but really slender frame i think he's going to probably need a at least one or two years in college but i i like his scoring versatility um he showed some really impressive flashes passing out of drives uh just kind of his balance and patience when he attacked the rim I thought it was really nice. He hit guys with a couple euros where I was like, oh, that's that was nice. I wasn't expecting that. Um, and then just defensively, he's just a little raw where it wouldn't surprise me if it takes him a little bit to kind of catch up to the speed and physicality um, that comes with college basketball. But uh, I, th- I think he's going to be one of these guys where you kind of want to keep an eye on as a freshman, see what he does, and then how he carries that into his sophomore year because I, I do think there's a really talented player there. Yeah, his tape was impressive. Um, I found myself quickly being like, whoa, okay. Like, what's what's the story here? And problem is, if you're going to a school like UCLA, there's usually going to be some some guys ahead of you, even if you're a you know, five-star prospect or you know, have all this buzz. And Tiger Campbell ain't getting rid of that starting job anytime soon. He's going to yeah. be, you know, running the show. Um so Andrews is interesting. That's definitely one that I'm like you. It's like, hey, keep an eye on. You never know. Injuries happen. And all of a sudden, go ahead. Yeah, just quick no, because like I, I would be shocked if if he t- took the starting job from Tiger Campbell or really yes. significant minutes at all. Because in high school, he played in what was typically like a three-guard lineup, and he didn't run the show full-time. And that's, that's a big adjustment. So I, I think Tiger – really has a high understanding of that offense and how he, how McCronin wants him to run that team. Um, I think it's going to take Dylan a little bit to kind of get up to speed with that. So not, not an indictment on him or his abilities. It's just, he needs more reps and experience with it. Tiger's funny because he's becoming, I feel like I always have a list of guys that I'm like, are we sure they've only been in college for four years? And <laughs> yeah. I feel like Tiger Campbell's been in college for six he, he's years. He's turning into the Brad Davison. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, who is, who is, uh, who is the, who is Perry on Kansas? Played for 15 years for Kansas. Oh, P- Perry Ellis. Perry Ellis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Perry Ellis. Caleb Tarzewski from Arizona. Um, they're everywhere. I feel like the guys that just literally, they have blackmail on the NCAA. And they just like, <laughs> keep giving me more years to stay here. So, no, but Tiger's good. He's just feisty. And, you know, I feel like every time I bet a college basketball game against UCLA, Tiger Campbell hits a big shot. And I'm like, I can't stand this guy. So, um, but he's just scrappy. He's what every team needs. But, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think. You're going to have to learn to be a point guard, and I don't think Tiger's losing that job no. anytime soon. No. Um, the only guy I could see kind of taking that from him potentially would be Amari Bailey, uh, who we did a full episode on earlier this summer. So if you missed that, make sure to go back and check that out where we, we went really in-depth in his entire game. But I kind of wouldn't be surprised if he gets most of his minutes at the two. Uh, he, you know, He's shown the ability to play on and off ball. Um, do you – 
would you be surprised if he got the Peyton Watson treatment where his minutes and role were so limited? Um, because I, I would be really surprised if he's not playing well over 20 minutes a game. You're saying Amari? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be shocked. Like, I, I understood when it happened with Peyton Watson because I saw Peyton Watson in person. I saw him warm up and as brilliant as he was as a playmaker, as brilliant as he is as a defensive talent, I thought the shot was just like so far away that I was like, if you have him on the court, you have to have the, why I was so shocked about Peyton Watson not playing more minutes is because I was like, play him off the bench as your, your facilitator. I was like, just have him be the point guard. Let, let him run wild and cause, you know, chaos. Cause that's where he's comfortable and I feel like that wasn't what Mick Cronin wanted to do. They wanted to play him off the ball, which I was like, of course, of course you can't play him off the ball and play him because his shot is still a work in progress. So I understood why that, but I was just like, why don't you change the role and play his strengths? Amari seems like he's going to be perfect for what you know yeah. Mick Cronin wants, a feisty combo guard that – him and Tiger can play together and kind of work. And um, Amari's going to be scrappy. We know we talked about it on the episode. Like he's six five, but he all of a sudden has some some bounce out of nowhere. He makes those hustle plays. He keeps possessions alive. So I would be shocked if Amari Bailey isn't playing. You know, extended minutes for this team, even as a freshman. I think he's just. He's got too much versatility as a combo guard. You know, me and you talked about him as being almost like a Jalen Brunson. Like that's what I think he could do, even as a as a freshman, is have that impact. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think he's way too talented, athletic, versatile to not have a, a meaningful role on this team going forward. Uh so yeah. Um I think the other two names that are gonna be really important to keep an eye on are Jaime Hakez and Adem Bona. I'll I'll let you pick what which one of those do you want to go with first. Let's let's start with the Dembona because I feel like we're going to be pretty quick on the Hame um talk because we both like him but Bona's the wild card. Um talk to me. Vent. I th- there isn't an outcome for him that would surprise me this year. Um if he gets 4 minutes a game, I'll be like okay, uh, yeah, I I I get it. Um if he starts putting up 2020 games, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Cause he's a physical freak. Um, the flashes with him are fascinating. I love the motor. I uh, love the athletic tools. Um, I thought his pick and roll defense was some of the worst stuff I've seen in a while. It was a disaster. Um, what he showed as a weak side rim protector and some of his isolation defense, I thought was really promising and encouraging and just complete night and day to when he had to defend a ball screen. Um, but he's got to figure out how to position himself and move and, you know, locate himself when defending the pick and roll, because uh, main, mainly the FIBA stuff, it was, it was rough, but the flashes that he shows are intoxicating. He, uh, He's listed at UCLA has him at 610. We all know how this works, folks. If you're listening, you understand the rules. You always go down an inch because every team in the in college basketball, I feel like, always rounds up. Um, he played for Turkey at the U20s this last summer. They had him at 6'9. Not saying he can't grow an inch over the summer, but you know, 
statistics might go against that. We can bring out the analytics if we need to. But it's funny because you watch him in that tournament when he was playing for Turkey, and he has some sequences where you're like, is this Shaq? Like, he, <laughs> it's just it, it, it's just terrifying when he, he's a freight train when things are clicking. Yeah. Because he can run up the floor, and it's like, who's stopping him? Because he's humongous. I think he's... I saw 235. Yeah, there you go. But he looks like he's 260. He's just humongous. and But he's got good speed. Like, he gets rolling quick when he's full speed. Like, he had games where he was 18 and 17. Um, you made a great comment to me off air. You're like, this could be the Oscar Shibwe if he's just, everything's going perfect. Like, he's putting up big numbers. That tournament, he averaged 17, 10, and 2.4 blocks. Yeah. But it's like... He's got that nastiness that people are going to be in love with where he has a block at the rim screaming, get that shit out of here. Like you hear it on the air and then he's just sprinting up the court for just like a just terrifying dunk. But, you know, the mad scientist says there's there's a lot of in-between stuff that needs some work. Like Mick Cronin, you better play defense if you're a big man. So if he ain't going to be able to stick out there, Mick Cronin's not going to have time. Shout out Peyton Watson. So. I don't know, but when he the flashes, or you're like, "Whoa, hey, who's this guy?" Yeah, it's it's just crazy. But it wouldn't shock me either if he got buried on the depth chart and mix like, "See you year two. Wouldn't shock me if he's playing and they can't keep him off the court. Wouldn't shock me. And he also seems like a guy that he's like, "Would we keep Bona off the boards, please?" Like he just yeah. seems like he could be that nasty hair on fire rebounder, but it, he's one of the wild cards in the Pac-12. I'm really excited to watch. Yeah, and so just looking at their depth chart of big guys, you know, I would, I'd be surprised if he didn't get minutes. Um, and just from like a talent standpoint and upside standpoint, I think he's their best bet. But God, I mean, who are going to play over him? Right, exactly. Like I, I feel like he's just going to get minutes purely because of opportunity. And I he might also give McCronin an aneurysm because some of his defense. So I, I just I have no idea what to expect. And at this point, I don't think anything's going to surprise me unless he starts coming out shooting threes, then I will be shocked. I mean, I'm 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 trying to look this up right now. Hold please. We're at a hold. <laughs> What, what what are you looking for? Their, their lineup? No, they're bigs. I think they have yes. two bigs returning that averaged the point last year. So Mac Etienne is 6'10". Kenneth Wuba, 6'10", senior. Um, Logan Cremonesi, 6'8", sophomore. That's it. And I mean, Kenneth, shout out Kenneth. We we know you, we love Kenneth around here. He He's 6'10", 255. Yeah, everyone knows that. But he averaged the point last year. In six minutes. In yeah. six minutes. So what is Mick going to just turn around and be like, all right, Kenneth, ready to play 25 minutes a game? Like, I, I don't think so. Shout out, Kenneth. But I don't know. Um, and Mac Etienne, he's, I think, I think he might have an injury. Don't quote me on that. But he's, you know, he averaged yeah. two and two last year in 11 minutes. So We'll see what you got, Bona. Like I, I'm excited. Like because I, I, I hope card. He, I hope he gets the opportunity, especially early in the season when they're playing, you know, quote unquote lesser competition, and Mick gives him that chance to like play through it, play through and learn through his errors that Peyton Watson didn't get 
last year where they're playing these basically two D two Cal state teams and Peyton Watson was getting five minutes. I want to see Adam getting 25 minutes in those and just dominating physically because he should, but also if he has, you know, six turnovers, five fouls and, you know, gives up 15 layups, I don't want him to be pulled because they should still be winning that game easily. And it it's just a, he needs those learning experiences. I think a lot of the defensive stuff, it looks, it doesn't look like a physical limitation or a lack of effort. It looks like he's never been coached how to do it. And I think the best way to figure that stuff out is through reps and through learning and failure on the court in game. So obviously McCronin isn't notorious for doing that, but Hey, who knows? We, we can always dream. The the last thing I'll say about Bona is if you're an evaluator or you're a basketball fan, you're going to watch those UCLA games. You're going to hold your breath every time he's got the ball because he just has like, he could, you know, slip a screen and get the ball. And it is one dribble load up. And it's like, who's, who's stopping him. Cause it's just, yeah. just girth and power. And it, he tries to break the backboard sometimes. Like, when he's confident and he knows where he wants to get, he can get there quick and he can get there with force. But like you said, I hope it's just he's never been coached because Mick Cronin will coach him mm-hmm. to be a good defender. But um, it's also like he might just be like, who are you going to play over me? Like, because when, like I said, like he's very exciting. The flashes are awesome. I just don't know if this is a one and done guy yet, but he's also one of those, like if he's cooking to start the year, that name might heat up. Yeah. Um, all right. La- last name, Jaime Jaquez. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot. I, 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 think, I, I think I'm the lowest on him of the no ceilings group. Um, he's fine, but I don't know. Dude, I, I know that some guys have him near the lottery, which I think is absurd. But regardless, wh- 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 where are you kind of at with Jaquez? And if you just heard a table flip from across the country, that was Corey Tulliba listening to Metcalf's comment. Quickly I, followed by Nick Agar Johnson. Yeah, Nick's right behind him. They both <laughs> just threw the speaker across the room. I like Hame a lot. I think there's a spot for him at yeah. the next level. Um, I think he's going to get drafted too low. And I think if he goes Probably. to the right team that's really smart, he's going to play a long time in the NBA level. But the problem is... Tommy had a great year. He averaged 13.9 points, 5.7 rebounds, 2.3 assists, um, shooting splits, 47-27-76. If he's 50-40-75... That's a huge jump. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like if, if he gets to that with 6-7-2-25, sure, someone's going to buy yeah, and, and it would not should. shock me as they should 100 percent. like that's a uh that's a milwaukee buck pick that's a golden state warrior pick although they're taking every single guy every draft that i like um they just took patrick baldwin but that's a miami heat pick that's just the veteran teams being like give it we'll take them so yeah. I, I like his game a lot i think he's going to suffer the upperclassmen penalty which i hate and i think someone might get a damn good basketball piece completely agree um all right moving on to oregon um we previously did an episode on cleo Ware. um i think the kind of two other names that stand out to me are will richardson and quincy 
Guerrier. Apologies on pronunciation. Um, thoughts on those upperclassmen or any new thoughts on Khalil Ware? Yeah, well, we got a ton of names to talk about, so I'll try to be quick with these. Khalil Ware, um, I'm probably going to write about him at No Ceilings this year because I need that challenge because I think he's going to be just fascinating to evaluate this whole year. Um, He's one of those guys I have listed to kind of watch Oregon as fast as I can because like, I'm going to go see him in person probably when they play ASU or U of A because that's going to be right in my neck of the woods and, and... I'm he's gonna be a tough one for me. I'm gonna need to get on, you know, on the grounds. That's what I've always said with you, Metcalf. I was like, whenever I have a a polarizing prospect, I gotta go see him in person. So I'm excited to watch where he, when the motor's running, I'm really impressed. I just think the motor, you know, sometimes the car doesn't start and maybe we need to get him a new battery. Will Richardson's right up there with, um, Tiger Campbell, he's been there for 15 years. Again, Albert was, shout out Albert, love the guy. Albert was a big Will Richardson guy. He was trying to get me to drink that Kool-Aid last year. And I was like, the Kool-Aid is not sweet enough. I cannot drink it. (laughs) I I can't get there. I can't get there. And and I understand, but I I just, I'm not there. So, hey, let's give him another year at at Oregon. Great. You know, it's 15th year. Um, Talk to me about Quincy. Any thoughts? Um, or, or anyone go for it. Sorry. No, I, I just kind of think he's a, he's like a toolsy physical wing. Um, probably like a poor man's Jaime Hawkes. Um, so it, easy it's, with the homie slander. No, I, I just complimented. Okay. Jaime. Okay. okay. I, I, I just said everybody gets one. We know this <laughs> Spider-Man. Everybody gets one. Um, so I, I, it wouldn't shock me if he gets like an exhibit 10 or summer league invite or something. I'd be pretty shocked if he got drafted. I think the outside shooting would have to take a pretty significant leap. Um, but you never know with some of these older upperclassmen. Uh, Cleo where I, I just need to see a big jump defensively because it feels like all of his defensive production just comes from him being super big. And uh, the fundamentals and technique uh, leave me leave me wanting. So moving on to USC, where do you want to start with these guys? I don't know. I, I The problem was, is I was really intrigued with this USC roster. Um, Vincent's injury. Go ahead, Metcalf. You're better at this than me. Um, I also yeah, want so, to make you say his last name. So apologies on pronunciation. Um, we will be calling him Vincent throughout, but uh, their top recruit, Vincent Iwuchukwu. Uh, I think it that was, was good. Is, is out indefinitely uh, with the heart issue. So obviously much bigger than basketball. Hopefully he is okay. And, you know, they figure it out and hope, you know, hopefully we've seen guys come back and get cleared and able to play. Hopefully he falls in that bucket, but you know, you never know. It, it sucks because I, I was really excited to kind of see him. Um, but you know, they, they have a couple other big name pros or incoming freshmen and Trey white and Kijani, Wright, Um, who I believe were both top 50 or some, at least 75 prospects. Yeah. Vincent was, um, one of those guys I had, I had written down because I was like, I, I'm this might be a guy that I need to watch closely. This might be a little bit of a sleeper, not just for this year, but for you know, moving forward as a, as a potential returner. I was really excited to watch him because the more I watched this high school tape, the more I was like, there's something here. I'm very excited. And then, um, he reportedly had a cardiac arrest during a workout this summer, which is just terrifying. Yeah. So, 
Um, I, I literally feel like no ceilings. We sent that to the group chat and everyone had the same reaction. Like, no, like, Oh gosh. Like, okay. Like bigger basketball. So hopefully gets healthy. Hopefully gets back on the court has a great career there, but, um, just kind of a bummer. Cause I was, that was the one I was really excited about with this team when we're talking about prospects, hopefully it's just a speed bump and we get them back healthy. But, um, talk to me about Trey white. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Yeah, he's he's a really interesting player. Um, so like six seven, uh, I, I think USC has him listed as a guard, um, which is kind of intriguing, and you know maybe a, a little light being shed on how they intend to use him. Um, and I, I kind of like the on ball scoring and creation upside that he has. I, I really worry about his lack of athleticism. He, he kind of plays at one speed all the time and not in the good way, um, which gives me a little bit of worry, but he's really comfortable and confident shooting off the dribble. Uh, some really impressive passing flashes. Um, the way he kind of creates space for his shots is more reliant on craft, kind of like Chris Middleton, uh, not saying he's Chris Middleton, everyone settle down, take a breather. It's just based on craft and, you know, fine margins and less on it, athletic ability. Um, so I, I think he's really interesting. I think he's, I'd be pretty surprised if he's a one and done. Um, but I think he might end up, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being their kind of best on ball scorer next year or this year. I watched his film and I was very, very excited. And then I like, sometimes I like to watch guys without looking up their measurements, just to kind of like guess on like watching on tape. And I was like, oh, I mean, it looks like he's probably like six, four, six, five. And I was six, seven. Okay. <laughs> We're, we got business. We got something. Um, senior year average 18, five and four 28th overall prospect, according to ESPN on their rankings. There's some stuff there. There, There's yeah. some serious upside. It's one of those you, like you said, like maybe not a one and done, but you really keep an eye on that moving forward. And I'm excited to kind of see him develop. Um, I am, I got some weird excitement about Kajani Wright. Talk, Talk to me about me. it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, jinx. First of all, I think I went to USC's website and I pulled up his photo and he looks like he should audition to be the incredible Hulk in a re <laughs> like in a movie down the road he's, when they try big. to remake every movie again. He's humongous. He's ripped. <laughs> um, they lives, he's listed at six, nine, two thirty five, And I was like, did you miss 30 pounds of muscle? Because he just is humongous, but I'm intrigued. He looks like he's got some touch around the basket. Obviously, he looks a little nasty. Um, he his personal thing made me laugh. His favorite movie is Super Bad. His favorite actors are Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, and James Franco. I was like, this is fake. You wrote this. You did not write this. And then he says, Jesus Shuttlesworth is his sports hero because because he overcame so many struggles. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I, I've never moved the prospect up because of his personal <laughs> information, but I'm I'm flirting with it with Kajani. Um, his favorite foods, steak and wings. I've never seen that combination ever. It's just right. like, based on how he's built. I'm assuming that's all he eats. <laughs> literally all of it. He eats all of the steak and all of the wings. So I'm in, you know, but being serious, I just kind of liked the flashes I saw. Um, I don't know if I saw a one and done guy, but I saw yeah. a guy that looks like he has some serious upside. Five-star recruit, 
um, 38th by ESPN. What else? Uh, I'm trying to get the stats, but they don't list them in order sometimes. All it says is sophomore year, he averaged 13 and 8. So there you go. Yeah, and he he's interesting. He's just kind of a really strong, physical, small ball five. Um, I, I agree. played for I'm Sierra not... Canyon. I should should have mentioned yeah. that. I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, I I agree. I don't. I'd be pretty surprised if we see one and done out of him. I'd like to see a little more ball skills or the ability to kind of hit, like make a face down or like face up mid range jumper. Um, something along those lines. Everything was just at the basket. It was good. It was encouraging. Um, I liked it really good rebounder. I think he has some pretty tantalizing defensive upside too, but I, I think it's going to take a year, maybe two with him. Completely agree. Um, cool. Who else you got? Who All right. Moving got? on Hit to, me. we got to talk about Stanford and one of draft Twitter's darlings last year, Harrison Ingram. Um, I never really got it with Harrison Ingram last year. I, uh, I I thought the basketball IQ was evident. I thought he was a really smart player, um, but he never seemed to really produce much of anything. It'll be quick this year when, when I watch him, because uh, there's areas I need to see with him develop. And if it does, I'll be like, all right, I'm back. Yeah. Yep. Last year I was out, didn't get it. And I got so, this is funny. I'll just admit this. I was out the whole time. And then I got to a point where I was like, I'm so pissed off that everyone's in. I'm going to force myself to figure this out. I think I might've watched Harrison Ingram film until like 3 AM. I was just like, I'm figuring it out. And then finally just clicked. And I saw him make a couple passes. I was like, okay, I'm in. And I said, but I'm not all the way in. So I'm going to go watch him. And I went to Vegas and I I watched him in person for the PAC 12 tourney. And then I wasn't in. Yeah. And, but I'm not out because I watched him. Stanford had a tough team. I watched him. They just made him the playmaker. So he, he they gave him the ball all the time to make decisions. And he, he can make some really in yep. fascinating passes. Like you said, the basketball IQ stands out. The shot has got to take a step this year. Yeah. Because I'm not even like he, the game he played. I think against Arizona, he actually shot the ball well that I saw. It might have been against Colorado. But in warm-ups, I was like, it's all over the place. He's just spraying everywhere, and his body needs to fill out. There's definitely a first-round player there, but he needs the – this is the dream prospect you go back and it's like, you need to take that leap. If it's a small step forward, I still don't know if you're getting the first round. But if he takes a leap, yeah, it would not shock me if scouts are, are smitten. Because it's a six six eight guy with versatility that has a great frame. But he, he he almost looked like he still was trying to kind of fill into his body. Like Albert used the word doughy, which I actually thought was good yeah. describing it. Because he looks like he should be ripped. But it looked a little bit like he still needed a strong offseason of like kind of cutting up and if that happens and the confidence is rolling, yeah, Harrison Ingram could go crazy for the Cardinals this year. But I have some doubts still. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to Utah, not 
a ton there in terms of the NBA draft. I don't think uh, the only name that kind of intrigued me was Keba Keda or mm-hmm. Keba Keda. Uh, apologies on pronunciation again. Um, six seven, two hundred thirty pound center. Uh, I really like the rim protection, at rim finishing, rebounding, all those kind of hustle plays. Just really raw and. You know, at six seven, it's tough. You know, not ideal height or size for that, obviously. So he's gonna, you know, he he's probably gonna be one where, if it does happen, it happens two to you know maybe three years from now, and there's gonna be have to be there's gonna have to be some serious improvements in his ball skills. But in terms of just effort and kind of impact, he was always kind of making his presence felt on the floor. Yeah, I mean. He- some some nice flashes, a little undersized, but I'm excited. I, I saw you write him down, and I was like, make hey, us smart. I got to keep an eye on that. Um, Washington State, talk to me about some of these guys, and then I got a, I got a name that's a little bit of a sleeper for you. Um, yeah, so I J- Justin Powell, transfer from Tennessee and Auburn. Um, you know, hopefully he can stay healthy. Uh, people were really excited about him as a freshman, then obviously got hurt, and then just didn't do – you know, struggled to find his role and footing uh, last year. So hopefully this one works for him. Uh, Muhammad Gay, Gaye, I've heard both pronunciations, apologies. Um, just another really uber athletic rim runner, shot blocker. Uh, he's shown a bit of skill. Uh, there are a couple clips leaking out of um, on Twitter from one of their scrimmages uh, the other day about him, like attacking a closeout and like Euro or dunking over a guy. And it's like, Oh, okay, there we go. Like I think that. he literally jumped over a big man to dunk. Yeah. So everyone's like, excuse me, baking powder. So yeah. Yeah. So hopefully he can, uh, you know, sh- show improvement on both adjusting consistency on both ends of the floor, just an interesting athletic rim runner. Um, and then their incoming freshman, uh, a drama Dionge, uh, seven footer. I think he's only like 190 pounds. So lean, but I'm really intrigued with him. I I, I think there are definitely some tools there. I think he's going to be a really nice kind of backup to, or a replacement for um, FA. Uh, Probably not a one and done, but someone to watch for, you know, the next two years. I agree. Muhammad's definitely the, the, the name that's getting some buzz for Washington state. Um, Another one to keep an eye on. I, for everyone listening that I always, you know, butcher pronunciations. I actually try to prep for this one. So Kamani Unsu, I probably said that wrong, but um, that's, that's my wild card to keep an eye on. I don't think he's a one and done, but I think this guy has tools to be a serious NBA draft prospect. Came over from France, really impressed in the FIBA games this summer and was kind of a late signing six, six with, you know, I think a reported six, nine wingspan, but he's got tools to be a really, really good player. Um, I kind of like his shot from outside. It's one of those quick like releases up top. I just think that's a developing piece that maybe not this year, but next year it's the name to, to keep a real bit serious eye on. So that's all I wanted to say. Arizona State, is this finally the year Marcus Bagley makes I the mean, leap? Is Can he stay healthy? What I, or are we just going to be like, I'll believe it when I see it? I mean, I'll, I'm going to believe it when I see it. I, I just, I'm, I'm going to be excited to find out some intel. That's all I'll say. But he's got tools. He's got tools yep. to be a, a complete wild card in this draft class. But last year was kind of a wash. 
Yeah. Um, a lot of people thought he was going to transfer before last year. He stayed, didn't play. Who knows? But um, he should have been motivated. This should be yeah. the year. It should be. Um, I, but, you know, I, I kind of think the bigger name to keep an eye on there is Frankie Collins, uh, Michigan transfer, just tenacious defender, um, really, really quick, good ball handler, awesome at-rim finisher. Big question is the shot with him. Uh, that Michigan team was so much – they just – their offense ran so much better when he was running point last year for them. Uh, was really disappointed that he transferred. but. You know, he probably wasn't guaranteed a role. And for some reason, he didn't get consistent minutes last year, despite the production. So the remaining teams, uh, Oregon State, Cal, Washington, I don't really see much in terms of draft prospects there. Um, Then just on Colorado, I think the only name to kind of keep an eye on is Tristan Da Silva. Uh, Showed some really fascinating defensive tools last year. So if that continues in the right direction and he shows uh, a little bit more on offense, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, he, he, he takes a big leap. He showed me some stuff at the PAC 12 turning where I was like, okay, keep an eye on that one. Um, for the Oregon state, Cal Washington diehards, I promise I'll make it up to you probably a month, you know, a couple weeks into the season. Well, I'll probably well, be like, Oh, I found someone I like already. Yeah, exactly. There will be someone. Yeah. There will always be someone. There's <laughs> always someone. It's just one of those things where we go through, we're like, okay, let's hit them. And then all of a sudden the first week of the season, I'm like, Oh, this guy on Cal, I love, what am I doing? So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get you, we'll get you back. I promise. All right. Well, that's pack 12 Rucker. Thank you. I mean, Tell the people on. where they can find you. Um, I'm at Tyler underscore Rucker on Twitter. I'm at no ceilings and starting Monday. I'll be there all the time. So, you know, prepare for year two folks. It's going to be uh, beautiful and I'm excited for the grind ahead. And, you know, me and Metcalf, although we usually did this two times a week, now we're going to only be going to one, which means we're going to have a lot more content from me and Metcalf on another platform. It's going to be really exciting. So, Thank you, as always, Metcalf. Good luck to the Timberwolves tomorrow night. Um, I'll probably be crying in a couple hours from the Celtic game, so I'm great. Yeah, well, well, Nathan's already talking shit on the group chat. Um, so sure he is. Good, sure good luck. Is. Good luck tonight. Um, once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at TeamMetcalf11. You can find all of our written work and links to our socials and podcasts at NoSealingsNBA.com. Everything, all of our written work is 100% free. Just click that subscribe button to make sure that you never miss what we publish um and then also mark mark your calendars for october 24th we're going live daily on the podcast feed on written work and the preseason draft guide along with new merchandise is also dropping over there you can follow us on all socials at no ceilings nba and on youtube at no ceilings tv if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to subscribe leave a review and a five-star rating until next time see ya